Chapter 1. Sweet Dream She floats down the long curved stairs in search of her prince. She is too refined for walking, and nothing as earthy as a footstep would occur to such a one as her. The guests at the ball would say she simply glides. They all stare with their big, curious eyes and raise their glasses to her as she slips past. The shushing of the pale blue silk of her dress and the movement of her petticoats are all that she can hear, somehow loud enough to block out the music, song, and chatter. From face to face her worried glances go, seeking, where is he? For him alone has she constricted herself within this dress. With its laces so tight, she feels her bones must surely break. Her bosom lifted high and powdered white, framed in white pearled lace, the envy of each woman she passes, the focus of each man. Her hair swept into the classical style, curls over the expanse of her clear forehead, bobbing over her delicate shell-like ears, but pulled to a chignon in the back. Tonight, and tonight only, she had been permitted crimson to her lips, to contrast the powder white of her face. She had begged for rouge, but her maids reminded her she was neither a whore nor an elderly matron. The ballroom itself was enormous, and full of a thousand strange faces. Her prince has hidden away, or lost himself. Frantically she circles the small cliques of partygoers, checking faces. This one too short, this one too fair, this one too mustachioed, all of them wrong. With the music whipping the air unheard around her, the crowd begins to move, to form little dancing groups like the bubbles spinning in the tub where her maids pour the milk for her bath. The music still muffled, she hears a high bright clatter beneath her and looks down. Her feet are encased in glass shoes, pressing in on her delicate toes. She wonders that the shoes do not shatter against the smooth hard wood of the floor. She has a memory of these shoes, a memory of putting them on that is quite different from her memory of being powdered and laced by her maids. Had he put them on her feet? She almost thought he had. She tried to remember his words and his voice, but it was all so dim and far away. She felt she could hardly remember his face. A dancing couple spins past her, and she is startled to see the woman topless, her skirts spinning around her while her partner reaches for her gloved hands. The woman's bosom glistens in the candlelight. She opens her mouth to caution the woman on proper decorum when someone brushes against her back. When she turns, she is shocked to see a couple dancing entirely in the nude. No, not entirely. The man still had his sword belt on, still his gloves and boots, but his manhood swings freely and moves with the rhythm of the dance, while his partner, with her secret parts in full display, is propelled by the force of her spin far from him then draws nearer in a sort of inward spiral. The princess touches the pearl necklace at her throat, a reflex that accompanies a nervous swallow. She feels that the light has changed without warning, that the bright lamps and candelabras and chandeliers have been replaced somehow with a duller, redder glow, primal and cave-like. Near the band, there are couples also in the state of nature, whose hands are not only ungloved, but exploring each other's flanks and thighs. Her heart nearly stops when she realizes that some of the couples are not even men and women, but men and men, or women and women. She can recognize none of them in the growing stupor overtaking her. One may be a duchess, another a milkmaid, touching their lips together while their fingertips investigate their bodily secrets.
Where is he? Where is the one who could still the stormy thundering of her heart? 